Here we go. Let's go. Yes, sir. Presented by Hertz. Tommy, how are you today? What's up, Scratchy? I'm feeling a little better than the last couple times we talked, so uh, all's good. All right. Here we go. I'll get a little scratchy. That hurts. Don't get scratchy? Don't get scratchy. Just do your nice, loving, peaceful self that you usually are to me. No badgering, (laughs) no scratchy. Just all love, baby. (laughs) We'll see how it goes. At Hertz, you can always change scenery without ever changing your standards. That's right. No matter where you are with Hertz, you'll always find exactly the right vehicle to make your let's go moment unforgettable. Visit Hertz.com to book today. Hertz, let's go. So you ended your two-game losing streak, Tommy. Uh, Does the confidence wane at all? Do you start thinking this can get away from us and do doubts creep in? It's a great question. I think it's such a natural thing to have happen, you know, because you go a few weeks where you don't win you've kind of prepared a certain way and you just come up short and i think you know part of it is just getting back on the field and performing at a higher level and you know confidence is a tricky thing you know and when it when it's on man it feels really good and when it's you know you start to doubt yourself a little bit it becomes difficult um and i would say our confidence as a team i don't think wavers at all but i i I don't think that confidence is always a great reflection of performance either you know just because you're quote-unquote not lacking confidence doesn't mean you're executing at a high level you know I think executing at a high level gives you confidence I don't necessarily think it's the other way around I don't think you can have confidence without evidence so I think a lot of it's trying to put the process in place to prove to you and your teammates that you're capable of doing a job which gives everyone confidence so um but it feels good to win you know, it's hard to win a game in the NFL. We've said that. It's hard to beat a division opponent in the NFL. We've said that. And uh, it felt really good to get back out at our home field and win because we hadn't won a game all season at Raymond James. So it's good to get in the win column. And, you know, we got a tough stretch ahead, and we're kind of in the meat part of the season. And it doesn't get any easier from here. We travel on the road to Pittsburgh. So there's a lot going on. And, you know, we just got to focus on what we got to do to get better and improve. And that starts with a great week of preparation. So confidence without evidence, that's, that's a pretty good line. Let's examine that for just a moment here. Yeah. When the confidence starts to wane or doubt creeps in, is it individual or is it in your teammates and collectively? And if it is collectively, how do you get all of those individuals as a group together to get it back? It's a good question. Again, it's a hard part about sports is you may have confidence in yourself, but not quite sure how things are going to hold up for at another position. So you know, I made a remark to one of my coaches today, you know, it's tough because, you know, you run a particular play and someone's got an assignment and the assignment isn't done the right way. And then the rest of the game, you're questioning, oh my God, is that assignment going to be done the right way? And therefore it takes your mind and your energy away from what your job is, wondering if the person, you know, on your side of the ball is going to make the right play, even though you think he should, but, you know, because it's not done consistently, then, you know, it takes away from our overall confidence as a whole. So, you know, it, it ebbs and flows over the course of the season. Some guys can gain a lot of confidence and you can, you know, I, I believe you really only get confidence from practicing what you're supposed to be doing at a high level and executing at a high level in order to say, God, I can do this. And I can do this repeatedly and win play after play after play, doing the right thing and making the right decisions. And then ultimately when you know, I've got to make the right throw or make the right read and the line's got to make the right blocks and the receiver's got to run the right routes and make the catches. You know, all those things have to come together at a really high level. And that's what the good football teams do. 
And over the course of the season, how much confidence you have and your ability to execute and all of the really sustainable traits of great football teams come through. There's no hiding it. At the end of the day, you're going to be able to see exactly. Um, time will always tell what the reality of the situation is. So, you know, we need a little time to figure out, just like every team does, to figure out exactly what you can do well and what you don't do well. And what you don't do well, you got to improve. And what you do well, you got to keep building on. So that's the challenge of the season. And do you maintain hope? Do you maintain work ethic? Do you maintain discipline? All those things over a course of a long season. Jim Gray with Tom Brady here on Let's Go. Our program is brought to you by USAA. USAA was started in 1922 by a group of soldiers who made a promise to always take care of their own. And after 100 years, USAA is still serving the military and their families. Find out more at USAA.com slash 100. USAA! Pretty quick on that button there, Tommy. He's on it. He's on it. Mid-season form. Talk about a guy who's quick. We're really pleased and honored to have a guest right now. We're joined by the great Aaron Judge. It's 62 home runs this year for the New York Yankees. Aaron, thanks so much for coming on. Let's go with Tom Brady and Jim Gray. No, Jim, Tom, thank you very much. Uh, excited to be on here. Excited to talk some shop. And hopefully, you know, I'm going to take a couple tips from you guys, too. You guys got something special that you guys have done over the years. So I'm um, excited to be here. We've had a lot of fun over the years, Jim and I, and we've had a lot of great guests on. And obviously, you know, we're Jim's been – you know, in sports for a long time, I've been in sports for a long time, and there's nothing better than seeing kind of, in my view, players in other sports that, you know, really accept what comes along with, you know, the success. And, you know, you're in a big market in the Yankees, and, you know, you continue to defy the odds. So um, really happy for you and all your success. And obviously you've got hopefully a long career ahead of you. It's going to be up to you to see what you do with it and how you take advantage of it. And all the decisions you make over the course of time will all add up to – you know, the level that you can reach. But it's really been impressive to watch you and your humility, even through this season and, you know, just an MVP caliber season. We know how all those votes go and all that. But you just, I always feel like, you know, did you do the best you could? And from my standpoint, watching you, you were amazing this year. So congrats and good luck in the postseason too. Oh, thank, thank you very much. And, and like you said, like those little, you know, every day those little pieces add up. You know, that's that's one thing that, I always, I always kick myself at the end of the year, you know, when I look back on the year and how it went, I'd be like, man, you know what, I get, how many at-bats did I give away throughout the year? You know, how many at-bats in April and May, early in the year when you're still trying to figure out your swing, get your body right, you know, how many of those did you give up? And this is one thing, one of the goals I had was like, doesn't matter if it's April 1st or if it's October 1st, you know, like don't ever give an at-bat or a pitch or anything up to that guy on the mound. And you know, just having that mindset to kind of lock me back in that, hey, you may not be feeling well, well, guess what there's you know 30 other guys on this on this team that don't feel well you know there's 30 guys on that team that don't feel well like you know suck it up and you know how mentally tough can you be to just kind of block everything out and just you know get ready for this pitch it's that's one thing that's definitely helped out a lot Aaron how are you handling your name right next to Roger Maris and particularly Babe Ruth we talk to Tom all the time because he's mentioned as the goat and he's had some time now to get used to of Montana and Unitas and all the great names being next to him, but it still kind of hits him in a way, and I'll let him speak to it, hits him in a way where he doesn't think it's him. How are you dealing with that aspect? Well, it's it's, it's a shock, you know, because, you know, those are the names you mentioned, you know, Roger Maris, Babe Ruth, Mickey Mantle, uh, 
Joey D, Joey DiMaggio. It's the list goes on and on. These are guys that you know you you see all around Yankee Stadium. You see them with their World Series rings, their World Series championships, and you're like, "There's no way I could like those are legends. Like those are Yankee legends, baseball greats. You know how could I ever be mentioned with those guys? I'm just starting my career. I'm just only a couple of years in. Like you know, what are you guys talking about? So it's it's always a humbling experience um, being in the same sentence, being mentioned as some of those greats, but it's <laughs> like you said, it's, it's tough to get used to, you know, cause I'm just, I'm Aaron judge as a kid from Linden, California that, you know, wakes up every day trying to, you know, help the Yankees win a ball game, you know? So I never, you know, see myself as, you know, someone up there with Babe Ruth or Roger Maris. So, but it's, you know, it's something I never take for granted for sure. Tommy advise him how to handle that going forward because everybody interviewing him is going to mention it and everybody talking to him is going to think it. It's a, you know, that approach that he says he stills him, you know, when you look in the mirror every day, you know, what do you see? And, you know, Aaron sees himself and he doesn't see what people may, oh, you know, this is kind of who you remind me of, or these are the people that you're, you know, being, um, you know, compared to, you know, and it's, it's the best way to do it. You know, you wake up every day and you look at the person in the mirror and you go, did I give it the best I could? And if you did, you're usually very satisfied with, you know, kind of what you become. And if you didn't, then only, you know, you got that person looking right back at you that know that you cheated yourself. So, you know, I've always felt too, and I looked up to those guys who really inspired me to play football at a young age and growing up in the Bay Area, NorCal kid, you know, I grew up with the Niners as my team and to watch Joe Montana and Steve Young and, and, and just to see how they, you know, kind of brought the success of that organization, brought this community together, that community still loves the game of football because you know there was so much success and i think aaron just continuing on the, like the yankee legacy and obviously being in boston for 20 years i saw it firsthand and you know i was at world series games in 2001 the 9 11 year i was at i think game three um you know i just know what those those rivalries are all about and what the meaningful characters in those rivalries are and aaron mentioned a few of those and now he gets to be part of that tradition but you still feel the humility of where you started because you are who you are you haven't changed aaron i'm sure hasn't changed if he has humility which i know he does he looks at himself like a high school kid going to try to prove himself every day going man i gotta go out there and i gotta do my job and i gotta work hard and i gotta or else i'm not gonna be you know this person that lives up to his own expectations so he is who he is because of the characters that define him as a person as a player and as a teammate not what other people may define him as which you know it always feels good when you're internally motivated and the only way to have the consistency that he's had is to do that and to hit 62 home runs and to still have humility that's gonna that's a personality trait that's a character trait those things aren't going to change in him oh man that means a lot. And it's, it's one of the words you, you kind of hit on there was just doing your job. And it's funny here at, at Yankee Stadium, before we go out to our dugout, we have a little sign that just says, just do your job. And I always, <laughs> always kind of tap that on my way on my way out to the field. Just as a reminder, like, you know, I could have been over. I could have been over for four the night before. I could have been four for four the night before hit a walk off, whatever. Well, guess what? That's all over with. Now, when you step on this field, you got to do your job. And that's me making a play out in the field if that's me moving a runner over if it's you know me just picking up a teammate to just strike out you know just doing little things like hey that's part of my job just go out there and do my job everything else is just bs just go out there and focus on one thing and you know that's for me what kind of builds championship teams aaron you just resolved a mystery for us <laughs> belichick got this from the yankees 
Because oh, he really? has that same he has that same sign on the door that Tom saw four million times. Yeah, oh, but he's wow. got a fourth word. Do your bleeping job. <laughs> <laughs> and it's usually said in a tone which isn't uh you know, he's he had a unique way with his own tone, which uh, I got used to over the years. But Aaron's right. That's what it is all about. Showing up and doing your job and that's what makes great teammates too, you know. You know, I'm sure when all those teammates see Aaron go out to the field to do his job, everyone's excited that he's doing it for the Yankees because you know, the person batting in front of him, the person batting uh, behind him, they're all excited that he's in the lineup because it means they're going to get a lot of good looks too. So those are the best teammates in the world to have. Jim Gray with Aaron Judge and Tom Brady right here on Let's Go. Uh, Aaron, you've managed somehow to keep this team aspect alive through your individual accolades. Uh, what does the 62 mean to your teammates and, and how do you transform that now as you get ready to go into the postseason, all of that good feeling and goodwill? Oh, Jim, it was uh, – I think it's something special, you know, not only to me but my teammates as well because they've been through this journey from the start of the season, you know, to the end of the season, the last, you know, two games hitting 62. Like, they were with me the whole way, you know. So I think, you know, as the season got on, I started getting closer. You know, I could kind of feel – I wouldn't say it was t- tension but just anticipation – from my teammates of, you know, how excited they were, you know, how much they've been grinding, how much I've been grinding with them, you know, and to share that experience with them, it was, it was definitely a relief, you know, once I finally got, you know, 61 and 62, cause I could just, I could just feel it. Cause they, they wanted something special to happen. And, you know, I was trying so hard to, you know, do it for them, you know, just knowing what they've been through with me. So, you know, I think once we, you know, got to 62, won our division, you know, now it's now we're at the fun time of the year. This is where we go out there and you know have fun and you know we're prepared, we're ready to go and just just enjoy these moments because you know very few teams get an opportunity to play in October and get a chance to represent the New York Yankees uh, in October. So and I know all, I'm excited. I know all my teammates are excited too. This is going to be a, be a fun year, that's for sure. You know, obviously having such an incredible year and you know now on the brink of free agency. I was certainly wondering what it would take to get you down here in Tampa to be a tight end for us next year. So <laughs> as a free agent, it looked pretty good to me. The way he runs, the size, the catch radius, the power. I mean, this could be something that we could be onto. I know you're a great high school football player. I think, you know, obviously baseball turned out pretty well for you, but I don't know. I think maybe this dual sport athlete we might have to look into. Hey, we could get a we could get a nice little split contract. You know what I'm saying? We could, just, we, we could find a way to work this out. You just give me some looks in the red zone, and you know, then I can go off and hit some homers. You know, after that, we'll we'll uh, we'll, fi- we'll figure something out. Some something out nice. That's, that's for sure. How are you going to deal with the salary cap? You have a salary cap in the NFL, Aaron. That's it looks true. like you have no salary cap in Major League Baseball coming this uh, this off season. Hey, if, if Tom's tossing me touchdown touchdowns, you know, I'll I'll, I'll play for free. You know, you just sign me up to play for free. That's it. That's it. Well, you win the World Series. Maybe we'll use you in December. How about that? <laughs> there we go. There we go. And, uh, uh, Tom, I, ha- I have one question for you, if, if you don't mind, if we got some of time. Of course. You know, for me, you know, I still haven't, since I've been here with the Yankees, you know, reached the World Series, won a World Series. You know, so for me, going into the offseason every year, I have that motivation of, you know, I don't want that feeling again of losing the ALDS. You know, I don't want the feeling of losing – game seven in the ALCS, you know, the walk-off hit, you know, I, I don't want to have that feeling again. So all off season, you know, I can kind of use that motivation to, you know, you know, it's 6 a.m. I don't want to get up. I don't want to work out. Well, well, guess what? You want to be walking up the field 
in game seven with, you know, getting your butt kicked? Or do you want to be celebrating out on that field game seven? So, you know, someone like you who's <laughs> won multiple Super Bowls and then you go into the offseason, like what's what's your mindset after you win to kind of push yourself to repeat and repeat and repeat? I think, uh, you know, and I think you have these traits because I've seen it, but the I've always felt like the best part of life for me has been learning and um, the curiosity to understand that you don't, you know, what you don't know versus what you do know is, uh, is infinite. And to seek out people that can give you insight and tips into whether it's physical, mental, or emotional um, parts of you that need to be improved. And as it relates to being an athlete, what can I physically do better in terms of my training, in terms of you know, how did I feel this last season? How was my routine? Um, how did I recover um, mentally? You know, what are the things I'm advancing? You know, my brain to continue for it to grow to, um, you know, in the sport. You know, how do I understand the game better? Because I'm sure you know taking the you know taking the field every night isn't about just reaction. You're trying to anticipate lots of different things happening. And emotionally, you know, what are the things I need to do so emotionally I'm at my best? In football, it's, I'd say it's a lot easier because we only have 17 games now. You know, you guys got 162 to get up for. So I think it's just a constant check-in with yourself of, you know, what do I need to do this year? And knowing that your body's going to change, you know, your priorities are going to, you know, continue to evolve and change as you get older. Um, you know, different things come up in your life that you've got to maybe spend more time and energy on than the previous year. And when you're young, you know, sometimes the biggest decisions are, you know, are we going to this steakhouse or this steakhouse, you know, for dinner? And, as you get older, you know, you're thinking about some other things, um, you know, that, you know, you have family members and kids and, and uh, you know, parents and so forth that, you know, it's your life. And, um, you know, I just think you continuing to make great decisions like you have, you know, you've proven that that's, again, what you do. So don't steer from, you know, your ability to make the right decisions and just prioritize the things that are most important to you and, and, you know, you have a great work ethic. So I think all those things are going to, you know, ultimately amount to what you want to in terms of your profession and your personal life. Just and it's going to it's going to keep changing and evolving. So we got to keep adapting and growing. And, you know, we're all going to be dealt life circumstances. Nobody's immune from them. And you do the best you can do with the situations that are presented in front of you. Oh, that's that's awesome right there. Uh, I, yeah. I appreciate that. Like you've, you've like you said, you've been a good example of being able to adapt over the years, you know, how many years you've been playing football and how the, the game's changed and, you know, you still show up every single Sunday ready to go. It's It's been impressive to watch. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. We're not going to take up too much of your time, but thank you so much for coming on. We're pulling for you, and um, good luck and kick some ass. Oh, thank you, Tom. Jim, thank you again. That was This was awesome. I appreciate it, fellas. Aaron, thanks so much. We're pulling for you. Appreciate you taking the time. I'm going to tell you what Jesse Owens said when I was a little boy. He said something that you can use going forward. He said, you can have all the talent, all the pride, and all the courage in the world, but none of it means anything if you don't have the ability to endure. You've wow. endured this entire process with the Yankees, and you've endured those losses. That will carry you through, and you will one day be on that victory platform standing there with that trophy in your hand. Wow, that's that's amazing right there. I appreciate that. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Pat. No, thank you very much. You guys take care.
Aaron Judge, all right, stay with us here on Let's Go. Our program is brought to you by American Express. There's something about it, the sound of the buzzer, the blow of the whistle, the coach yelling just loud enough for you to hear them from your seats. It's thrilling, and you can't wait to do it all again next week. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express, don't live life without it. That was pretty cool, Tommy. Awesome. What a great guy, and, you know, I've, Watched him for a long time. Uh, being in Tampa, you know, they're, I've actually worked out at their facility. And, you know, being in Boston, like I said, all those years, you know, I understand the significance of that type of achievement that he's had this year. So really a treat for all the Yankee fans, but all sports fans, because it's great to see people do things in sports that no one's done before, and he's done that. You think you'd have been a good baseball player, and did you seriously consider it? You were drafted in the 18th round before you embarked upon uh... – uh, finishing at Michigan and then and and then becoming a Patriot by the Montreal Expos. Yeah, back when there were the Montreal Expos, it was a great experience, and they, they had drafted me. Um, I, they offered me kind of more money than the 18th round uh, slot, but my heart was with football and going to Michigan. And I was a pretty good player, but you know, nothing to the caliber that these guys playing professionally. And I think uh, I picked the right sport at the end of the day. So I'm very happy with the selection. And do you think Judge would have been a good football player? Oh, he has all the skills, of course. I mean, the size, the speed, the length, the strength, um, incredible power, and you know his, you know that twitch he's got in his swing would carry over nicely to, to, to football. But again, you know he committed so much time and energy to baseball, and look what's happened. You know, I'm sure if he committed the time and energy to football, he would have had incredible success too. So. But again, he picked the right sport, and he's proven everybody what he's capable of, and it's been just a spectacular thing to watch. All right, our thanks once again to Aaron Judge. Uh, The Yankees get underway against Cleveland. Uh, That game will be played on Tuesday, and we will be following his results. Uh, Tom, we're going to go to break. Uh, When I come back, we're going to talk about Grady Jarrett and roughing the passer. Sure you can't wait for that, but we're going to do it. Our program is brought to you by Bank of America. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, even football fans can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. What would you like the power to do? Member FDIC. You're shaking your head, Tom. Why? (laughs) I woke up this morning. I was looking around the corner everywhere for Grady Jarrett jumping out and hitting me again. So he (laughs) played such a good game against us yesterday, and I had nightmares uh, last night kind of thinking about him, but I'm glad we're through with that game and glad we won. We'll talk about the Falcons and Grady when we return. Stay with us right here on Sirius XM. Hello, friends. This is Jordan Schusterman from Baseball Barbacast, a Sirius XM podcast. If you missed our last episode, we talked about baseball. We love baseball. The Phillies never have a plan. They're writing their essay the night before it's due, and the Braves have been doing like an hour of work on the class project every day for a month. And to me, that's the contrast. Don't miss new episodes of Baseball Barbacast almost every weekday throughout the postseason on the Sirius XM app, available with all of our trials and popular plans or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Let's Go. I'm Jim Gray, along with Tom Brady. Our show is brought to you by K Jewelers. Make your engagement truly unforgettable by custom designing your own ring with K. You can book an appointment with a jewelry expert at K.com or visit 
your local store and celebrate every kiss with K. Ding. No singing this week, Tom? No singing. You heard it before. Snake had just inserted. It's already got it recorded. <laughs> all right. Uh, we were thinking about having a contest. You yep. against all of our fans, and whoever whoever sings it best by the end of the season will award a signed jersey. I'd love it. Let's try it. That'd be fun. All right. So we'll start taking submissions, and we'll start playing them, and we'll put up your singing. Every you kiss be begins with K. Sing- you can't be a professional singer or anything like this. Has to be someone that's you know an amateur, like me. Okay. Absolutely. We'll, I want we'll, some soprano on there going. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got it. We're gonna do that. Back to Grady Jarrett. Roughing the passer was called. Yep. A um, lot of talk today. A lot of conspiracy theories. Oh man. Um, was it roughing the passer? It was it was a it was a it was a long hug, a long unwelcomed hug from Grady, and uh, he was in the backfield all day. So, as I said after the games, I don't throw flags, and what I do throw is tablets. And uh, <laughs> I didn't have one accessible at that time, so he had a hell of a game. That's all. Leave it at that. Today they're calling it an overreaction, overreaction Sunday, and Peter King in his column he does a brilliant job. Had a league official who said there was an overreaction because of the Tua effect. And because of officials and everybody now looking uh, at the trauma that has suffered and, and the effects of what Tua has gone through. And so there's an extra set of eyes uh, now on all of these plays. I think that's a plausible explanation for what we've seen uh, across the league, uh, not only in your game, but because of the new protocols. Do you agree with that assessment? I think that there's a, you know, as always at times like this such a heightened awareness to different things that are being called and you know everyone saw the two situation and, and I'm sure all the medical departments across the league were you know called and and there were meetings and so forth and you know they're trying to keep those things from from happening again and again no one knows the full details of that situation I'm sure they ca- I know they came out with something last week that you know, they thoroughly went through it and the league made a statement. So, you know, it's, uh, I've been in this sport 23 years professionally. A lot of things happen over the course of the week. A lot of things happen over the course of the season. There's points of emphasis. There's ways that people are calling the games and it differs from crew to crew. So you just got to go with the flow. Sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't. And, um, you know, you just hope they don't impact the game. You know, every ref, I'm sure, would feel like they hope one of their calls doesn't impact the game. I'm sure most refs would just like to stay out of it and let the players play a clean game. So it's just part of sports. That's, that's the way it goes. For those who believe in the conspiracy, uh, you had one roughing the passer called in 2021. You had none called in 2019. You ranked 16th uh, since 2020 uh, in roughing the passer penalties. In the NFL, and I found this really interesting. Since 2010, Tommy, mm-hmm. uh, roughing the passer call on the times that you have been sacked is 2.1 percent. You rank 61st of 91 with 100 plus sacks. So it's not like the referees are sitting there trying to help you. The statistics don't bear that out. From my standpoint, you know, a lot of those, um, you know, roughing the pass because I am a pocket passer. You know, a lot of those. 
roughing the passers, you know, come with with guys extended plays too. So, which I don't really do that. So it doesn't surprise me that I'm down on the list. I'd love to be up there a little bit higher and get you know some 15 yard penalties for my team, but it's not always the case, unfortunately. Jim Gray with Tom Brady. We're here on Let's Go. And whether you're looking for a romantic getaway, weekend retreat, or just a day of fun, Golden Nugget Hotel and Casino offers the perfect destination and the ultimate getaway. Enjoy the hottest action and entertainment in the heart of the Fremont Street experience in Las Vegas the next time you're in town for a game. Visit goldennugget.com to book your getaway today. Tom, you got a lot of reaction to uh, what you said on the podium last Thursday about uh, a lot of bad football being played in the National Football League. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're right. It's unique for me, and obviously I have some perspective on you know, 23 years of playing. And, um, you know, it's funny because it was kind of an innocent question and a relatively innocent answer. I wasn't trying to make a point. It's just, from my perspective, the fundamentals of the sport and, you know, the strategies changing quite a bit. It's much more reflective, I would say, of like high school and college football than what it used to be as pro football. And they've, you know, I think there's been some rule changes that I don't believe have you know, help much. I think there's so much money in the game. There's coaching changes. I don't think that helps much. I think the college situations are getting, you know, there's not these established programs that are developing a certain caliber of player to the NFL. I think the athletes are as athletic as ever. You know, you look at someone like Micah Parsons or, or Aaron Donald or some of these, you know, receivers, I could name a lot of them, but at the same time, you know, the players can become less developed because they're not getting developed in high school. They're not as developed through their college program and they get to the pros and they're less developed and there's not the continuity of the programs. So then there's also lesser time in the off season to do football. So I think it's just a confluence of a lot of things that I think over time could have an impact on a quality of play. And I'm not sure how many, you know, people obviously look for entertainment, um, but the game has definitely changed from, I would say a physical standpoint of, you know, even, you know, you look at the concussion situation. I mean, we look at boxing or we look at MMA and they show highlights of those things all the time, you know, people getting knocked out. And then when it comes to another context where like football, we, you know, we, we can't imagine that a concussion takes place, you know? So there's almost this aspect that, you know, we as players, yeah, no one wants to get hurt, but at the same time, we know what we're showing up for. And we know that we're going to do the best we can do to prepare our body for the contact. The game has definitely changed from a very physical, demanding game to a less physical, demanding game and more of a skills competition. And I've said that before in the past, too. And, and isn't part of this the collective bargaining agreement and the union? You guys can't work together. The preseason is totally diminished because the veteran players aren't going to get out on the field. You can't risk the injuries. you got to get through 17 games. So that time together leads to a lot of the product that we now see uh, – particularly in the early weeks of football, as you say, it, it, it's bad football, but it's it's kind of predictable because there just isn't the cohesiveness, or at least I don't see it, uh, because the preseason means nothing anymore. It's it's just like, let's get through this and get it out of the way. Yeah, but I think it's, a, it's also the offseason, it's the preseason, it's the college offseason, it's the college preseason, it's the college, because we're only getting the same players from the same place. It's not like there's another place to get pro football players. There's only one place, college. And college gets them from one place, which is high school. Now, I believe the emphasis, you know, you used to, obviously when we grew up, there was such continuity in a lot of these programs that if you went to, let's say, a Michigan, you knew that you were getting a type of player that was running pro-style schemes on offense and defense. They were schooled in 
coach for four or five years in college and they get to the pros and okay, they can pick up where they left off and learn new things and develop, you know? So I just think it's, it's different now that the, the times have changed and, you know, it's more like I would say an Olympic boxing match than a boxing match. You know, you try to win on points rather than to try to beat your opponent up and you're not even encouraged to beat your opponent up. And the, the reality is it's not that it's, you're trying to hurt them, but you're trying to, the physical team in football wins. That's, that's what you always learn. The only, way to, the only way to overtake an opponent was to out-physical them and to beat them up at the line of scrimmage and to beat them up in the run game and to make them tackle you. And I think so much of those things now are, look, you, if you were even said that, you'd be looked down upon. Not that you're saying, I'm trying to get people injured. You're just trying to impose your will on the other team. And you can only do that in a physical way. And that's how, just even part of all those great Patriot teams over the years with the Brewskis and the Rabels and the McGinnis. And there were so many guys that just played so physical. It allowed us to, you know, create this aura about this team and this defense that could go in there and beat you up. And they beat you up to win the game, not to beat you up to hurt you to win the game. That's just what we're trying to do. Jim Gray with Tom Brady as we wrap things up. Uh, you'll travel to Pittsburgh. You know, today is mental health day. And it's become just a huge issue, and, and there's such an emphasis now and, and a change and a consideration that wasn't given in, in past years. Um, what are you doing for your own mental health? A lot going on. Uh, you play a professional game, um, personal lives that go on. How do you take care of yourself? Uh, you know, I think it's a, it's a great question, and I think that there's, um, you know, everyone has different situations, uh, you know, in their life and children and you know you worry about their mental health you worry about your parents obviously yourself you know i think i've had to learn a lot of things over a long period of time in sports you know i think there's an intense amount of stress that we all deal with you know and how do you relieve stress so that you're not um you know inflicting so much damage on yourself through kind of stress response so something i've always continued to try to work at and it's a, obviously a challenge for me and you know, different forms of whether it's physical therapy or, you know, mental therapy, um, you know, all those things I've, I've definitely done over the years, um, you know, taking care of your body, but taking care, care of your mind is really important. And I think there was a part of us where we felt like, you know, suck it up and deal with it. And I think you realize that there's a lot, especially in today's day and age with how fast things are happening in life for all of us and the amount of responsibilities we have. And also, you know, I think there's part of us that are held to a certain standard that we're almost inhuman. You know, we're, you know, you hear this a lot from people that say, you know, I'm only human or, you know, I, I don't, I, we are only human. We're not inhuman. We're not immune to a lot of the things that just life brings us. So, you know, we're not robots. You know, you wake up every day trying to do the best you can do. And, um, you know, understanding that life has its stresses and, you know, to deal with them with a great support system and, understanding and having some introspective in your life where you can look at yourself and say, where do I need to commit my time and energy to? And how can I lessen some of the stress and lessen the burden on me so that I can be good for people around me? So those are all different things that, you know, you work at. I worked at them when I was 20. There was a lot of things I was going through as 20. There was a lot of things I was going through in my 30s. There's things I'm going through in my 40s and it's life. And you learn to grow up and you learn to deal with life. And that's what, that's what this, uh, that's what we're all trying to do. We're trying to do the best way we can. And the important message would be our dear friend Stedman Graham tells us all the time, take care of yourself. Yes, he does. And he's 
an amazing friend who always offers incredible words of encouragement and uh, been lucky to get to know him over many years and i love golfing with them and steady next time we play baby we're gonna play some golf and me and you are partners we're taking them all down <laughs> so we urge everybody to take care of themselves tommy you take care of yourself this week we will talk to you next monday night good luck in pittsburgh i appreciate it. thanks guys have a great week that's our expert tom brady and any athlete will tell you it helps to work with an expert for buying or refinancing a home your expert is an independent mortgage broker Find one at findamortgagebroker.com. It's powered by United Wholesale Mortgage, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS number 3038. It's licensed in all 50 states and the District of Columbia. Want to send thanks out to Jason Zillow of the New York Yankees. Our appreciation for Aaron Judge joining us today. Thanks to our great producer, Dave the Snake Hagen, and our production assistants by Harris Fabishoff. Let's Go, presented by Hertz. We're grateful to our sponsors, American Express, USAA, Bank of America, K Jewelers, United Wholesale Mortgage, Golden Nugget Hotel and Casino, and Hertz. Let's Go Podcast with Tom Brady was produced by 199 Productions in collaboration with Scratchy Productions. I'm Jim Gray. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next week on Let's Go right here on Sirius XM. XM Podcasts.